Hey guys, welcome to another edition of CGM Lounge. We're in season five. It's hard to believe season five is already here, and then we're already three episodes into season five. Um, once again, Dominique Landry, co-founder of Common Ground Management. Common Ground Management, as some of you guys may know, is um, uh, a firm based in Philadelphia, but we operate with clients all over the the country. And um, have a really good friend of ours, Michael Pay, who's joining us in season five as the co-host. So, Mike, I don't know how often we've gotten into like what you do and who you are, but give it, give it to them, give it to them as if you know you're trying to seal the deal. Like, who, what is Michael Pay? Who is Michael Pay? What does he do? And and why is it important to listen to what Michael Pay has to say? <laughs> All right, appreciate it, Doc. Thank you. Thank you for the intro. Yeah. So, everyone, uh, my name is Michael Pay. And I'm the founder CEO of Pay Inc., which is professional educators of interviews. So I help individuals and groups of people that want to land corporate roles, whether that's on Wall Street or Google, uh, Facebook, or any other type of uh, corporate roles, whether it's in banking, accounting, uh, marketing, or the tech. So basically helping individuals with uh, resume writing. Uh, mock interview preparation, uh, cover letters, uh, salary negotiation, as well as strategic planning, whether you're trying to get that promotion and you're, try- you're a little stuck trying to figure out how to jump that hurdle or just looking to transition out of your current role into a different space. You know, what's the steps to do that and uh, what things you should, you know, think about. So basically helping out with the whole gamut of uh, resources in terms of uh, career building and professional development. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, we've, we pride ourselves at CGM on as a, a source of quality information and quality resources and quality relationships, quality professionals. And, uh, you know, Mike, uh, super sharp. I mean, just every time, we get off the phone before the phone is, is hung up. He's sending an email with the things that we spoke about or his like to-do list or tasks. So one thing that we want to say is as you guys are looking to make businesses or do certain things, make sure that the people that you're working with match your ethos, match your, um, match the way that you do business philosophically. But even, even more so than that, bring things to the table that you may not bring yourself. And from episode one, you know, of this season, finding the right opportunity to episode two, writing a business plan, everything that we're talking about is step-by-step scaling into how this business is going to run, with whom is it going to be ran, where is it going? And today on season three, choosing a business structure. How do you choose a business structure? So once you find the opportunity, hey, I want to sell, you know, dog treats in this neighborhood because I noticed that 98% of the population has a pet dog. And then you write a business plan about it, you know, to get funding and financing um, or just to know, like, how you're going to market. Then you have to figure out how do you protect yourself legally in this in this situation with this opportunity and who are you going to partner with if you partner with anybody at all so mike before we jump into the topic specifically 
just a couple of questions for you from your background on Wall Street and background. Yeah, absolutely. So it's actually crucial, right? And it's uh, one of the beginning steps. So when we have uh, potential investors, obviously they want to know who's on the board, what type of business it is, what are their marketing products or services. They want to know the different types of structures. And we're going to get into those uh, in, a, in a little bit in detail. But basically, certain ones are, you know, limited liability, you know, where they can't come after your uh, personal assets. Then there are ones that are focused on uh, tax advantages, right? So basically, uh, depending on the investor, they would have uh, different types of risk appetites. So you have to align with the investors that is best suited for your business, right? So if you're trying to get an investor that's uh, very focused on uh, tax advantages and tax shelters, it might be smart to obviously focus on S-Corp. Uh, but not, uh, obviously, if there's individuals that want to be more focused on, you know, liability capacity where uh, they don't want any of their personal assets to be at risk, then, you know, there's uh, limited liability corporations such as that. So basically, I think uh, the rule of thumb is uh, it's case by case, right? Depending on the service or business that you're in, mm -hmm. whether you're marketing products or services, uh, you have to understand your market. You have to understand your investors or potential investors that are interested in your, uh, your, your business. And then you have to make sure that they align. So I think that's uh, key uh, initially. Awesome. Awesome. And so when we, so CGM makes businesses. So that's what we do. That's part of the things that we do. We've done it for a long time. And one of the questions that we always get is what, do people normally do in this situation? <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like walking into a jeans store, like which jeans do people normally buy or like how do they normally put on these jeans? So what we, what we say to people is you have to understand two goals and you got to understand two things. So the two goals are the two things are the same thing. Number one, who do you want to be responsible for the taxes, because that's 100% what's happening when you make these decisions, like who's responsible for the taxes? And by who we mean, is it you, the person, or the people, the partners, or is it the business itself? Because there's those structures are going to determine who. And what's your vision for the future as far as like the money? Right, so are you looking to take all this money out yourself? Like, hey, I made the money and I just want to, I'm just trying to make a living. I just want to make a living for myself. Or am I trying to save the money and have what they call retained earnings? So those are the two concepts that kind of create the the pathway for your initial structure of your business. And then we'll we'll go through those ideas in a second. In order to see what we're talking about, you guys can go to nerdwallet.com forward slash article forward slash small hyphen business forward slash business hyphen structure. And we're just not word for word reading from these articles, but these are places that, you know, we want to send people to because we know you're listening to this. We want you to be able to look at it and see visuals as well. <coughs> so bless you. Um, so business structure options that you have 
our sole proprietorship, which is John Doe goes out and he sells plumbing or he sells lemonade or he's a good cook, whatever. But he didn't make a, <laughs> he didn't make anything for, he didn't make anything for that. He didn't make a legal structure separate from himself. John Doe or Jane Doe, just go out and sell the item, sell the service, and you're paying that person directly. And there isn't a separate entity that was created with the state that they live in that has that has generated a certificate of formation or articles of formation to create a new living, breathing entity. Partnership is John Doe and Jane Doe, or John Doe and John Q get together and they and they do the same thing without forming a, a real an, another entity. So Michael Pay and I might form a partnership where we sell, you know, lemonade and you guys don't know but Michael's great at making cheesecake. Like he's got one of the best cheesecake games, you know, in, in northern northern New Jersey, New York area. So I sell lemonade. Mike sells a great cheesecake. We get together and we just sell these on the corner or through a little like pop-up store, and that's a partnership. So two or more people coming together, selling something without having formed an LLC or a corporation is a partnership. So the first two structures, sole proprietorship, partnership, do not require a legal entity to have been made in your state. Mike, are, in your experience, are these frowned upon? What are some cons to just running out as a sole proprietor or a partnership? Yeah, sure. So just to reiterate, <clears throat> sole proprietorship, right? So uh, as you mentioned, uh, unincorporated business that is owned by one person who reports business profits on his or her individual tax return. <clears throat> a sole proprietorship is the simplest business structure and is straightforward to start. As you mentioned, there are some examples already. Uh, other examples include, you know, tutors, tax preparers, accountants, freelance writers, as well as uh, landscapers. And then uh, going to uh, the partnership, just a quick uh, detail in terms of definition, uh, unincorporated business owned by multiple owners, either people or other businesses. Profits are divided among its owners and reported on their tax returns. Common partnership types include general partnership, limited partnerships, limited liability partnerships, and limited liability, limited partnerships, LLLPS. Uh, examples of partnerships, uh, in addition to the examples you mentioned, uh, Red Bull and GoPro, uh, Sherwin-Williams and Pottery Barn. Mm -hmm. There is Dr. Pepper and Bonneville, mm -hmm. as well as Louis Vuitton and BMW. Not to mention peanut butter and jelly. Sorry, what was that? Not to mention peanut butter and jelly. Oh, right. Absolutely. Can't forget that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so these, these are the, the basic ones, the sole proprietorship and partnerships. And to give you an idea of, you know, the pros and the cons. So the pros of uh, sole proprietorship is the formation, right? Uh, obtain business permits and register training if using it. So let's just give you a quick background on uh, sole proprietorship uh, versus LLC. 
as an example. So with the sole proprietorship, uh, the owner has total control over the business and benefits from pass-through taxation. So that, that's the biggest drawback is unlimited personal liability, right? So the owner is liable for all debts of the company, uh, which obviously could be your personal assets as well. <clears throat> so the difference between a uh, partnership versus LLC is partnerships include two or more owners who agree to share a jointly owned business assets, so liabilities and legal burdens. Partnerships place no caps on business liabilities. As a result, owners can have their assets seized to pay off debts. Unlike an LLC, partnerships aren't legal entities uh, in themselves. So basically, you can see the similarity is they're both held liable for uh, their unlimited personal liabilities. In that case, also proprietorship as well as partnerships. And, and the, the key there, guys, is you can run a business and you can make money without having formed a legal entity. The making money part is not the issue. The issue is whether or not you want to be responsible for the legal side of that business if something were to happen. So think about business as a coin. On one side, you have legal so call that heads. On the other side of the coin, you have taxes. So call that tails. Right? So on the legal side, who's responsible? When you flip the coin on the taxes side, who's responsible? Remember those two questions we asked each other, we asked ourselves um, earlier. Am I, do I want to be responsible for taxes or do I not? That coin is, is the flip, right? So we, do we want to be responsible legally for the business? We want to be responsible for the taxes of the business. Now, if we think about structure as a ladder, sole proprietorship and partnership are at the base of that ladder. Like right there on the floor, you don't have to do anything, just ready to rock and roll. The next step up on the ladder will be an LLC. So a limited liability company, for a little bit of background, was created relatively recently um, to allow for people to have the protection, the legal protection of a corporation without the tax burden of a corporation. So we'll talk about tax burden of a corporation in a second, but just to give you an idea of what an LLC is, it was created specifically so a sole proprietor or a partnership situation can have corporate liability separation from the legal aspects of the business, but still have the same tax structure as they had when they were just in a partnership or just in a sole proprietorship. So an LLC is only, only on the legal side of the coin by default. So that coin that, we, that has two sides, when we talk about legal liability and tax liability, the LLC only takes care of the legal side of the coin in your protection. So when you make an LLC, you're saying, hey, John Doe, John Q, Jane Doe isn't responsible for the lemonade or cheesecake that's being sold or the tutoring or the, the body work that I did on your car. This entity that I made in my state is a responsible uh, party 
and that money that's being remitted is being is going to be remitted to the LLC, and that's going to go into the LLC's bank account. And there's going to be what they call a corporate veil of protection that you've created to show there's a separation between you, the member of the LLC, or the members, if there's more than one, and the LLC's own independent operation. LLCs do not change the way you're taxed. So if somebody says, hey, make an LLC for tax advantages, that is not a correct statement. It's not wholly a lie, but it's just not correct. So the, what, we wanna, what we want people to preface and understand through these podcasts and through what we do as educators is for you guys to know 99% of the truth and 1% of misinformation, that 1% of misinformation is weighs more heavy than the 99% truth, right? So when somebody says, yo, you can make an LLC for tax advantages, that's misinformation. Because you had the same tax structure, that side of the coin didn't change. It's the same side of the coin it was when you were in a sole proprietorship. Because an LLC is a pass-through entity, and if you're a single member LLC, you're still going to be taxed as a sole proprietor. If Michael and I want to get into Cheesecake and Lemonade LLC and go in as two members, we're still going to pay our taxes as a partnership, as two individuals that are running this entity. And we're going to split the profits on what they call a K-1, right? When the taxes get broken down, I'm going to get my K-1, he's going to get his K-1. And that's going to get added to our 1040. So an LLC only handles by default. I'm using by default on purpose. By default, the LLC only handles the legal side of the coin, which means there's, there's a creation of legal separation between the person operating the business and the business itself. Want to throw anything on top of that, Mike? No, I think that's pretty thorough, uh, the way you said it. Uh, and, and again, uh, just to reiterate, as you mentioned, uh, it's LLC is not typically set up for tax advantages or tax purposes. So uh, obviously we'll go into detail on the other structures that are uh, for you know tax advantages. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty thorough. Oh, thank you, my brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So... Now we're, we're on our ladder. Remember, we had the first rung, which was basically sole proprietor, partnership. We didn't have to do anything. We just got up, went outside. Mike baked his world-famous cheesecake. I made my world-famous lemonade. Not too much sugar, just the right amount of tart, just the right amount of ice. I mean, you guys got to try it one day. I put a little, see, what I like to do is I put a little foam. Or, that's besides the point, but... The second rung was we need we sold so much of that. We were so successful that we thought, hey, maybe we need a little bit of legal protection because we have so many customers. We made so much money. Maybe we were maybe we we're a little bit exposed here. So let's make an LLC to give us a little bit of legal liability protection because we do want to go get a building. We are going to have customers coming to inside of our building. We want to make sure there's some protection. What happens is we, we made so much money that we didn't realize that when we made the money, there was no tax difference for us from when we started. 
and we have to claim this income as self-employed income because the LLC is just a pass-through. So that income that we made was being taxed, Social Security, Medicare, and net income tax. All, all of that in addition to a self-employed tax, right, through the LLC. And we had no control, we had very little control over how much we were going to be taxed because we also wanted to keep money in the company. We wanted the company to have some money to reinvest into another location, more milk, more lemons. I wanted to grow my lemon, my lemon farm so I can get this lemonade homemade fresh for you guys. And our tax accountant said, hey, you guys are going to pay... You guys are getting put. You guys are putting yourself into a new tax bracket because of how much money you're making. Here's a suggestion: Let's change your tax type. So the next rung on the ladder isn't a formation. It's not a structure of a business. It's a tax amendment, and it's called an S corp, short for S corporation. So an S corporation isn't a structure. <coughs> an LLC or a corporation can have a tax type of an S-corp. So S-corporation, one more time, is a tax amendment. You cannot start your company as an S-corp. The IRS needs for you to send them what they call a 2553 form to request the tax change from either a sole proprietor or partnership to an S-corp, which is what the LLC was initially. It had a sole proprietor partnership taxation to an S-Corp or from a C-Corp to an S-Corp because you want to... I'll, I'll use the term downgrade only because, it, you know, we're thinking about downshifting, but it doesn't mean one is better or worse. It just means you're going from one rung down to the next, but it may be better for your tax situation. Mike, can you explain how the S-Corp taxation works? Yeah, sure. So just to reiterate the definition, and then I'll go into an example to illustrate it. So an S-corporation um, has one class of stock and no more than 100 shareholders, uh, none of whom can be another for-profit business or a person without a green card who doesn't meet IRS residency requirements. Profits are taxed on shareholders' tax return, and the shareholder have limited liability. So let, let me give you a quick illustration on uh, the example of the S corporation. So let's say we're, we're looking at, uh, for example, Ben's Inc. Inc. And it was formed as an S corporation in Florida. So there are two shareholders, for example, uh, Gemma owns 60% of the corporation and Sam owns 40%, uh, totaling 100%. In 2016, the company had a net profit of 10 million. Therefore, when Gemma and Sam are filing their personal tax returns, Gemma will report $6 million in income, and Sam will report $4 million, totaling to $10 million. Note the uh, corporation might not choose to distribute the income to the owners, rather investing it back into the business. Uh, as an S corporation, Gemma and Ben will still be taxed on their profits, whether it's uh, distributed or not. And, and that's very, very, very key to understand where the LLC and the S-Corp 
are similar. So in an S corp, the owners still have to claim the net profit from the business, like Mike just explained. Same way in an LLC. What the S corp tax amendment allows you to do, though, is it allows you to claim yourself as an employee, which you couldn't do by default in your LLC. So the example that was just given the two people, the two parties there could say, hey, we made earned income as employees of this company throughout the year, and we paid our employee earned income tax every time we got paid. So if you get paid every other week, that's 26 checks you received for the year. That's 26 times you made a tax payment. At the end of the year, there's a distribution automatic pass-through on paper. It might not be physical, like Mike said. The money might not physically trans, uh, transfer from the company to you, but on paper, the company is going to automatically distribute your percentage of the, sh- of the net profit to you or the net loss, not just the profit, also the loss. In this situation, one person got $6 million, another person got $4 million. That's their ownership distribution from their S-Corp on paper. What that does is it makes, it creates a situation where these people now have to claim this income and figure out other ways to find losses to reduce the tax liability on that income. So the S-Corp didn't necessarily give you a great advantage when it came to being omitted from taxation, S-Corp gives you an advantage because it allows you to do two things. It allows you to separate your earned income from the business's, op- the business's net profit. So you can make yourself an employee which says, hey, Michael Pay made 100K as an employee at this company. He's also going to get a distribution of $6 million. The difference between those two numbers is that the $6 million is not going to be taxed on Social Security and Medicare. So owners don't pay Social Security and Medicare. Owners only pay net income tax. So the S-Corp allows you to split. So the S and S-Corp doesn't stand for split, but we're going to use this as a way for you guys to piece them together. The S and the S-Corp, you can split the tax type into earned income and ownership income, which have two different taxations. As an employee, you get taxed on Social Security and Medicare net income at the federal level. Also at the municipal level and state level, you're also taxed on net income. As an owner, owners only pay net income tax. They don't pay Social Security and Medicare because it wasn't blood, sweat, and tear money. So S-Corps give you the ability to kind of knock off two of the taxes on the profits that come over to you as an owner. Whether you take the profits or not, you don't really have a choice. Physically, it's going to come on your 1040. The same way when it came on your 1040 in your LLC. However, in the LLC, you're being taxed Social Security and Medicare on all of the money because it's all considered to be self-employed income. So as corporations do have restrictions, like Mike mentioned, no more than 100 shareholders, 
all the shareholders have to have some U.S. Um, have U.S. citizens or be a taxed. Yeah, basically they have to pay taxes. Or a green card. Yeah. yeah. So essentially the IRS wants these people to be tax-paying people. Whether they're a citizen or have a green card, they pay taxes to the IRS because of the very reason, the very point that we just made, they're going to get income passed through to them that they have to claim. Or losses passed through to them that they can claim. So an S-Corp, Mike, S-Corp, C-Corp, I know I'm confused. They're confused. What is a C-Corp? Sure. So a C-Corp is a corporation <clears throat> whose profit is taxed once on the business level and a second time on the individual basis when earnings are distributed to the shareholders who have limited liability for the business debts. C-Corporations have multiple classes of stock and unlimited number of shareholders, as opposed to the S-Corp, as we mentioned. Switching business structures is possible, but it's best to decide early on which one you need for the next few years. Uh, it can get complicated, not to mention pricey. In legal fees to change structures, the effort could de uh, distract from running your business. So a few quick examples of Corporations, uh, Amazon, uh, General Motors, uh, Domino's, you know, those are your typical big, big corporations um, as an example. Yeah. So here we have the C-Corp. So C-Corp is basically the granddaddy of the structure. This is what initially came out as a separation between being a sole proprietor and being a partnership. So a C corporation, we're going to go back to our coin here. So our coin has two sides, legal protection, tax protection. The LLC only has the legal side. Your LLC makes an amendment to be taxed as an S corp. It turns the coin over. There isn't necessarily a tax protection to be had because it's still pat automatic pass through to you. But there are some things you could do tax-wise to, to reduce your tax liability. The C-Corp, however, allows you to have legal protection through your corporation and tax protection through the C-Corp. By default, the C-Corp has its own tax return. It's called an 1120. And by default, the C-Corp is going to claim its own net income. The C-Corp allows the shareholders the opportunity to make something very, very, to do something very unique that we haven't heard yet. And that's they have a choice. They have some control over whether they take on the profits from the business or they don't. Unlike an LLC, there was no choice. You have to take the profit automatically. Unlike an S-Corp, there isn't a choice. You have to take the profits automatically. In an S-Corp, you also have to be on payroll. So you got to do two things mandatorily. Be on payroll, and you got to take the business and net income as your own profit. In a C-Corp, you have the choice on whether you take out the dividends. Whether the corporation distributes dividends or not is up to Amazon. Amazon is notorious for doing what, Mike? What is Amazon notoriously notorious for? Notoriously known for? 
when it comes to dividends? When it comes to dividends? Yeah. Uh, well, I think typically they're known for not paying them out, but, uh, you know, they, they try to avoid that. They try to avoid it. At all costs. At all costs. Amazon is notoriously known for saying, hey, we're not going to issue a dividend for whatever reason. It could be, hey, we, you know, we want to invest more in R&D. We want to do this. We want to do that. We didn't have a good year because they, they do um, accrual accounting. So they've already identified some costs that are going to be coming up. But <coughs> long story short, Amazon can say, hey, you're not going to get a dividend as a shareholder, which means you don't have to claim this as income on your 1040. We're going to keep it inside the company and keep it inside your shares of stock. What that does is that provides people the shareholders tax protection for those that don't want to claim income, that they're not prepared to either write off with some other losses or that they just don't want to pay taxes on. The C corporation used to have a 35% tax rate pre-2018. The the Trump administration came in with a huge tax reform bill in 2017 that made its way to approval that was enacted in 2018 that said, we're going to reduce the corporate tax rate from 35%, which was the highest in the world, down to 21%. So they cut the corporate tax rate down 14%, which means corporations pay less, shelled out less money in taxes, which means they have more money to spend on whatever that corporation chose to reinvest the money into. But also, it makes your decision-making process pretty interesting. Like, hey, as a person, I could be paying 38%, 40%. If my net income is at a certain level and I'm in a certain tax bracket, my corporation is only paying 21%. Okay, let's, let's see what we can do here. So understanding the coin, tax liability, legal liability, understanding the two questions you want to ask yourself do who do I want to be responsible for the taxes, and what am I trying to do with this money as the company grows? Is how you kind of make your decisions going forward in your business. And the C corp in most states has some of the same uh, has some of the same mandatory things to do as the LLC. So. And PA, LLC, and C Corp, same fee, 125. The C Corp does have to do what they call a notice of publication. So the C Corp just has to run two ads and a paper to let the let the county know that it's been formed. Other than that, they're pretty much running similarly in the states. Vice versa, in, in New York, LLCs in New York have to do the notification of publication where Corporations don't. So it's not it's not the sense that corporations have to always do more. Sometimes they do the same. Sometimes they do do one more thing more. Sometimes the LLCs still have to do more in these states. Understanding what's happening in your state and what's right for you is key in understanding the business structure to select. So if we're looking at having tax protection and legal protection meaning John Doe, John Q, Jane Doe, Jane Q, don't have to worry about being sued and don't have to worry about claiming the income as their own, the C-Corp handles both sides of the coin. 
Now, with that choice and with that control comes a greater responsibility and a more important, or I guess, some, a larger impetus <laughs> on discipline. Most entrepreneurs aren't as disciplined as they need to be. And that's where the IRS understands why the LLC structure helps some entrepreneurs because they can just go take the money out. We're going to tax you on it anyway. Right. But when you get that C Corp, when you get a corporation, discipline is key to avoid double taxation. Mike, anecdotally, how have you seen discipline, you know, either really great discipline or, or not so great discipline in, in some of the investments or things that you've heard or seen? Uh, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Sorry. No, no, no. I'm just like, you know, the last thing that I mentioned was like how important discipline is in any business situation, but absolutely in the C-Corp because that discipline is going to keep you from being double taxed, you know, keeping the money in the business, making sure the business is running the right way, is paying for its own things. Have you ever ran across anybody that wasn't as disciplined as they needed to be, you know, in any of your like investments or... And if, you know, just kind of just being in the business realm, like, man, that guy be or that that person would be much further along if they just had discipline, right? And and keeping yeah, no, separation between absolutely. church and state. So when when you talk about discipline, uh, I think that's one of the key things you have to focus on when you're starting out your own company, right? So you have to be dedicated to a structure and uh, the step by step process, right? So you, so you can't have an off day. Uh, you know, in, in the business, right? So you have to be on your A game uh, from day one all the way up until, you know, you close out of the business. And the, the thing that I want to reiterate, as you mentioned, is <clears throat> the, the tolerance of risk uh, is involved, right? Whether that's to your personal assets or to your corporation is key. So as you mentioned, being disciplined is, is, is key. Having a good business structure, a uh, good business plan in place, uh, making sure you have weekly, monthly calls with your team uh, and keeping the shareholders, uh, if you're in a corporation, abreast of what's going on. And I think in addition to just discipline, it's uh, transparency. Right. You want to make sure that everybody uh, that is involved has the same information you do. Right. Uh, you know, the last thing you want um, going back to. 2008 financial crisis <laughs> where, where your investors or potential shareholders are... Thank you.